everybody, and welcome to How Leaders Lead. I'm Kula Callahan, here to bring you another edition of Three More Questions with the man himself, David Novak. Well, thank you very much, Kula. And I'm really looking forward to this episode because we're going to be discussing my conversation with Maritza Montiel, the former deputy CEO and chairman of Deloitte, the largest consulting firm in the world. And one of the things I love about this episode is we go deep into this book that she wrote at Deloitte on female leadership, which is called Dare to Be Extraordinary. And you know, I've gotten to know Maritza as a fellow board member of Comcast. And let me tell you something, she is extraordinary. She is a great leader She knows her stuff. She adds so much to the Comcast board. And it's easy to see why she was able to basically climb the ladder. And she has such tremendous advice. So I think everybody should listen to this podcast because you can't walk away without some real nuggets if you listen to Maritza. That's absolutely true. As a female leader myself, this episode kind of feels like an anthem almost. I mean, all of the things that she says about being a female in leadership and facing adversity with the same tenacity that men face adversity with, it really was so inspiring. It was like I was pouring jet fuel into my engine and it just is so motivating. So I hope that if you're a female or a male leader, uh, you go back and listen to that conversation because I promise you, you will finish that episode and feel super inspired to just tackle whatever it is that's on your plate. But for now, I wanna get into the questions that we have teed up for you, David. Are you ready for it? Let's go. All right, question number one. As we've talked about, this episode focuses a lot on female leadership and how, as women, we can level the playing field in a male-dominated world. David, I'm curious about this. What female leaders have impressed you and why? Well, there's a number of great female leaders, and you know they've impressed me for a, a number of reasons. I, I want to start by just talking about the late Brenda Barnes, who was the CEO of Sara Lee, and she was the first CEO of the Pepsi-Cola company, a division of PepsiCo. And the thing that really stood out is that she really knew her business cold. She was really good at it. But she had this uncanny ability to be so empathetic. She knew what people were thinking before they were even thinking about it. And if you look at all the research on females and leadership, the one trait that they have that really sets them apart versus men is the fact that women are much more empathetic. And I, and I think in this world that we live in today, empathy is absolutely critical. The other thing is, is women are much more collaborative than men. You know, a lot of men, it's my way or the highway, whereas women are really great at being collaborative, getting people in the room and coming up with the best solution and not really necessarily having to have ownership of that. And Brenda Barnes was really great at that. She had a great way of owning who she was, owning her femininity, and really making a difference because she knew how to get the best out of people. You know, another great female leader that I really admire is Indra Nui who is the former chairman and CEO of PepsiCo. And she stole a page out of Maritza's book because one of the things that Maritza talks about is she wanted to make men feel comfortable. The way she learned how to make men feel comfortable is she knew everything there was about sports. She would read the sports page every day and men love to talk about sports. So she could go in there and she could talk about sports with the best of them. And you know that 
sort of broke the gender issue and just kind of made it go away. All of a sudden, you're not a woman, you're not a man, you're, you're a person. And she was really good at that. Now, Indra Nui did the same thing. When she came to, to the United States from India, she wanted to make people feel comfortable with her not only as a woman, but also just as someone that's different than everybody else. And and Indra loved cricket, and that was a bat and ball sport. So what she became was an absolute passionate fan about the Yankees. She loved the New York Yankees. She knew everything there was to know about the history of the Yankees, you know, who's on the team, and she could get in with any group and talk about the Yankees. It was her way of basically fitting in. You know, there's nobody that was more passionate about you know, being true to her femininity than than Indra, but she knew that she needed to do what she could to be able to fit into any environment. And, you know, I think you can do that without sacrificing your integrity. You can do that by just wanting to be on the team and break down the the gender barriers and and just get to work. You know, the, the other thing that I thought was really fun about this conversation I had with Maritza well, she had some incredible phrases that you got to hear her take on them. One was woman up. I love that. The other was <laughs> get your fingernails dirty. The other was like life has no rewind button. And obviously she took a note from Nietzsche where she said adversity makes you stronger. You know, that old line, you know, what doesn't kill you makes you stronger. Well, she definitely talks about that. She also talks about an unwritten scorecard. These are all great concepts that I think you can learn from. The main thing that stuck with me is how Maritza tackles adversity. She looks at problems and doesn't shy away from them. And she knows in a lot of cases that she's probably going to be treated differently because she is a woman, but she doesn't let that be an excuse for inaction. And I'm just so inspired by the way that she tackles whatever it is life or business throws her way. Well, let's face it, she came up in Deloitte when it was a male-dominated environment, and she was the very first female partner, and she really was a trailblazer. And the thing that she was very adamant about is that you got to basically own your career. You got to become the CEO of your own career. And one of the things she did, cool is she took on jobs a lot of times that people didn't want to do. And she did them with distinction. She took assignments that really were challenging. And when you win in an environment where other people haven't won, that, that is one way to really separate yourself. All right, question number two. Maritza helped build the Deloitte business in a lot of ways by taking jobs that nobody wanted. She built their federal business in Washington, D.C. into one of the most profitable professional services businesses in the country. And when she originally presented her strategy for growing that business to the board of directors, one of the partners told her that there was no way she could pull it off. He said that there was no way that she could be successful. They tried it before and it didn't work. But Maritza did it anyways. And like I said, she grew it into one of the most successful parts of their business. And I'm curious, David, if you have a story like that, do you have a story from your career about a time someone told you you couldn't do something, but you did it anyway and saw success? Well, I remember when I first got to be a division president in PepsiCo, it was with KFC. And when I got promoted, I got more calls of condolences than I did in congratulations. And that's because the business had been in the tank for about eight straight years, no same-store sales growth, never 
made plans. So it was a problematic business. But one of the things that Maritza did is by taking that tough job, by taking that business and really going out and growing the business with the federal agencies, uh, she really distinguished herself and it helped her rise within the organization. Well, the same thing happened for me at KFC. We turned KFC around, it would have been problematic. And guess who got a lot of credit for it? More than I ever deserved because I had a fantastic team, but it was me and it helped me take on more and more responsibility and it helped me ultimately become the CEO of Yum Brands. And, you know, another example is when I went, went to run marketing at Pizza Hut, you know, McDonald's was the leader in kids marketing and everybody said, oh, you just can't do kids marketing. McDonald's owns that space. And I said, why should we let them own the kid market? Let's try something ourselves. So we did Lamb Before time puppets. We did NCAA mini basketballs. We did Tuesday nights as kids nights. And guess what? All of these programs worked because everybody was just basically giving McDonald's the kid market. And we once we started going after it, we got tremendous sales growth. It was amazing. And another time when I, I literally was challenged was when I wanted to take our recognition culture all around the world. You know, I started recognition at KFC by giving away floppy chickens, and then I gave away cheese heads at Pizza Hut, and I wanted to make recognition something we did everywhere. And people said, oh, you can't have that kind of fun recognition uh, in China. They take themselves very seriously. Oh, you can't do it in England. Oh my gosh, they're so sophisticated. They'll think you're crazy. You can't do it in India. You can't do it anywhere because, you know, it's not the United States. It'll be different. I said, you're crazy. I think people want to be recognized everywhere. And we took recognition all around the globe. And guess what? It worked. And I'm glad I stuck to my guns. And, and you know, Maritza obviously stuck to her guns many, many times. You know, sticking to your guns and having courage of conviction is a super important quality in a leader, especially for women, honestly. I, I remember one time it was right when everything shut down in March of 2020 um, with the COVID-19 pandemic. And for the first time, our entire office, like most people's, went remote. So we're all doing Zoom meetings all day. And there was a lot of confusion just in general in the world at that point, a lot of hesitation, a lot of questions. And that kind of trickled into our work culture. And even though we still had, you know, clear goals set and priorities set, there was still, you know, skepticism and some chosen confusion, as I like to call it, just because we were shifting into something so new. So I remember calling the president of the company and saying, hey, Doug, I'm sensing this. And if I'm sensing it, I know other people are too. And I think that we need to carve out a time every single morning where all the directors in the company meet on Zoom for 20 minutes, give updates on what everybody is working on, talk about anything that's blocking their progress, and just have a space to connect. Because I think people are scared. I think work feels ambiguous at this point. And we just need to give people the confidence that even though things are changing and the world is crazy right now, we still have a plan. And if we work the plan, we know we're going to achieve success. And there was some pushback at first. You know, he and some of the other team members were just not super into the idea of hopping on another Zoom meeting every morning. Um, they thought, you know, even without being in the office, that we would still kind of get that connection and keep each other updated on things. But I stuck to my dadgum guns and that meeting showed up on everybody's calendar. And I think they still 
do it, honestly. I think that director's meeting still happens, but you know, that's a small example, but I think that the payoff of having that time to connect with all the directors in the company is really what kept us super focused during COVID and allowed us to pivot and shift in ways that other companies weren't able to because they were so disconnected. That's a great example. And every time you do stand up for what you believe in and stay after it, you always gain so much respect, not only from your your boss or coach, but also from your peers. All right, question number three. Maritza says that the job of every leader is to invent the future. Can you break this down for us, David? I mean, what does it mean to invent the future? Well, I really think that Maritza talked about that on two dimensions. One is be CEO of your own career. You know, manage your career. Don't leave it to other people. Make sure you're thinking about what you have to do to grow and then do it. The other thing is, is that when you run a business, your job is to invent the future for that business. You got to understand where the trends are taking you, how you can really address uh, customer needs, how you can really grow the business, what you need to do to change to make sure that that really happens. And, you know, I think the leaders that find the time to bring their team together and and really think about where the business is going, where their customers is going always ends up in a much stronger position, provided, of course, that you take action on what you learn. You know, one of my favorite books was Leon Uris's Trinity, and it's about all the challenges that Ireland has faced. And the last line in that book is, for you see, there is no future in Ireland. They just live the past over and over again. And when you get stuck in the past and you're not thinking about the future, that's what happens. You just keep repeating the past. And I think the job of the leader is to make history. It's to create new memories. And you can't do that by saying, I remember when. You got to know where the puck's going, as Wayne Gretzky used to say, and then skate to it. You're absolutely right, David. That is such a great way to end our conversation on today's episode of Three More Questions. See where the puck is going and chase after it. Thanks again for tuning into another episode of How Leaders Lead. We're on a mission to make the world a better place by developing better leaders. And if you carve out a little time with us each and every week, we'll help you build the confidence you need to lead well. Tune in Thursday for my conversation with Jim Weber, CEO of Brooks Running. You're going to love it.